Today is Friday, November 11th. The title for our devotional is Jesus is Lord. As we finish off our week looking at the preeminence of Christ in all of creation, I want to look at a few of the other passages in the New Testament that express the glory of Christ so well. Again, this is all to so magnify the glory of Christ that he will receive all of our worship and we will not be tempted to give our allegiance to a created person, thing, or idea. Giving praise and adoration to Christ is something that many of us find difficult. Our songs that we sing on Sunday morning are meant to help us give language to this and how we can worship Jesus corporately and privately. There are many New Testament passages that also express the glory and preeminence of Christ. And so we're just going to read through those. I'm just going to read through a lot of them and doing this just to help us get the language to express praise, adoration to Jesus, our Lord. Philippians 2, 5 through 11. In your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus, who, being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness, and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death, on a cross. Therefore, God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow, in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord, to the glory of God the Father. Ephesians 1, 3-14 Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. For he chose us in him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. In love, he predestined us for adoption to sonship through Jesus Christ, in accordance with his pleasure and will, to the praise of his glorious grace, which he has freely given us in the one he loves. In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins, in accordance with the riches of God's grace that he lavished on us. With all wisdom and understanding, he made known to us the mystery of his will according to his good pleasure, which he purposed in Christ, to be put into effect when the time reached their fulfillment to bring unity to all things in heaven and on earth under Christ. In him we were also chosen, having been predestined according to the plan of him who works out everything in conformity to the purpose of his will, in order that we, who were the first to put our hope in Christ, might be for the praise of his glory. And you also were included in Christ when you heard the message of truth, the gospel of your salvation. When you believed, you were marked in him with a seal, the promised Holy Spirit, was a deposit guaranteeing our inheritance until the redemption of those who are God's possession, to the praise of his glory. Next, John 1, 1 through 18. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through him all things were made. Without him nothing was made that has been made. In him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to testify concerning the light, so that through him all might believe. He himself was not the light. He came only as a witness to the light. The true light that gives light to everyone was coming into the world. He was in the world, and though the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him. He came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. Yet to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Children born not of natural descent, nor of human decision or the husband's will, but born of God. The word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only Son who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. 
John testified concerning him. He cried out, saying, This is the one I spoke about when I said, He who comes after me has surpassed me because he was before me. Out of his fullness we have all received grace, in place of grace already given. For the law was given through Moses. Grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. No one has ever seen God, but the one and only Son, who is himself God and is in closest relationship with the Father, has made him known. Next, Revelation 1, 12 through 18, to give us a picture of John's vision of, of Christ and, and heaven and God's space and what he was doing in his apocalyptic writing in the book of Revelation. Uh, we read this, this glorious picture of Christ in his resurrected state. I turned around to see the voice that was speaking to me, and when I turned, I saw seven golden lampstands. Among the lampstands was someone like the Son of Man, dressed in a robe, reaching down to his feet with golden sash around his chest. The hair on his head was white like wool, as white as snow, and his eyes were like blazing fire. His feet were like bronze, glowing in the furnace, and his voice was like the sound of rushing waters. In his right hand he held seven stars, and coming out of his mouth was a sharp double-edged sword. His face was like the sun, shining in all its brilliance. When I saw him, I fell at his feet as though dead. Then he placed his right hand on me and said, Do not be afraid. I am the first and the last. I am the living one. I was dead. Now look, I am alive forever and ever. And I hold the keys of death and Hades. Reflection today, as I was reading these verses, as I'm hoping you, you're getting some language to, to craft your own verbiage, to express worship to Jesus for his preeminence, for his glory, for his majesty. This week, I read a quote from Francis Chan that stuck with me. He said, isn't it a comfort to worship a God we cannot exaggerate? Love that. Whatever language you can come up with, whatever, whatever words you can use to express the glory and majesty of God, you will never exaggerate. You will never overstep the reality of who God really is. No matter what, our words will always come short of expressing the true glory, majesty, and splendor of Jesus, our Savior and Lord.